Ridge Hunter Nation, welcome back to another episode of Ridge Hunters Live. Tonight we are joined by Caleb Bowen and Holly Ann Swan, your 2021 Rims River 100 champions. These two had incredible days out there and set course records. Let's dive into this awesome episode. Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. We are here joined by two repeat guests, um, this time to talk about their respective wins at uh, the Rim to River 100 in Wild and Wonderful West Virginia last week. All four of us had the pleasure of being at that race, and we are so stoked to get to hear from Holly Ann and Caleb about um, their race. They both just absolutely blew expectations totally out of the water this year. It was a really incredible day to be out there uh, for everybody involved, and we are so happy that they are joining us tonight. Um, if you don't know, my name's Cam Wrench. I'm the sixth man of the nation. I'm joined tonight by Wesley Harton coming to us from Logan, Utah. Wesley, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Cam. I'm so excited to talk to uh, Caleb and Holly Ann about their race. You know, it was crazy at how far up they were at the, at the turnaround point. Uh, and I'm kind of excited to kind of hear their emotions uh, with the whole race day for them. So uh, let's dive into things, how we normally get things started. Uh, what is everyone drinking tonight? Starting with our two guests. We'll have a Forest Fest, Oktoberfest by Big Timber. And I have a Perpetual IPA from Truex, which is in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Awesome. And oh, big, interesting. Big, big Timber is the uh, Fayetteville one, right? Uh, no, sadly. Um, oh, that's Free Folk. Uh, we love Free Folk. My favorite. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, big Timber is in Elkins. Also very good though. Very good. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. And I have got a uh, Bitterroot Brewing Dirt Church Hazy IPA here. Hmm. What about you, Wes? Got the Wasatch Brewing Company Island Hop IPA again. Uh, lovely Ooh. little can. Lovely little can mm -hmm. here. So excited to uh, yeah. drink this one tonight. Mm -hmm. Celebrating uh, all of the tropical biomes in Utah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start digging into all things Rim to River 100. As you know, we absolutely adore this race. Laura and Brian have done such an incredible job of putting on this race. It's really unlike any other second-year race and even a first-year race in the first year than I've ever attended. And, of course... Holly Ann and Caleb, you both ran it in the first year. Um, tell us, what were you thinking going back into this? Obviously, you had very different situations going into it. Caleb, you were the returning champion. And Holly Ann, you went into it as one of the favorites, but you had a not ideal race day. You ended up grinding out a finish in like 27 hours, if I remember correctly. So, Holly Ann, if you want to lead us off, what motivated you to sign up for this race again after your first finish at this one? Yeah, so last year, um, I think my finish time ended up being 27 hours and 57 minutes. And um, I had, uh, I started off with a really fantastic day, uh, felt great, um, ran a sub five, uh, 50K, um, still came through 50 miler in a great time. Um, but while I was headed down into Fayette Station, which last year was pretty close 
between 45 and 48 miles in. I felt a twinge in my knee. Um, there's like a really rocky section there. And as I was coming down, I think my, my knee just like, I don't know, gave out. And uh, so I, I tried to hike down and was hoping that, you know, it wasn't anything serious. But at that point, every single time I tried to run, um, it was a sharp pain. I couldn't run. It just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I don't know, I fought, I fought it for a couple miles. And then finally, like the realization set in that um, I wasn't going to be able to run at all for the remainder of the race, which at that point, you know, was... 55 miles. Um, uh, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. And so I was trying not to think about it as the, as the mileage as a whole, but trying to get to the turnaround inside my pacer and just kind of break it down and make my way to the finish line. Uh, nowhere near what I anticipated last year. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a wild traumatic experience and, I finished and my immediate thoughts were, you know, um, I want to come back and do a hundred mile distance some year, years <laughs> down the line. Um, but it's going to be a really long time because it, it, it truly was traumatic. Um, and then it only took me like a month or two to realize, you know, like this is a huge goal. Um, of mine to see what I can do at this distance healthy. And, um, they opened registration on January 1st and I signed back up again. Um, it, and, and that's kind of what's been in my head this entire year while I've been training was just coming back and it's almost a redemption. What, what can I do at this distance? Um, how far can I make it, um, healthy and, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a little more like just exploring your, your limits then because they're like, I've done this. I know that it's, it's possible, right? You're like in my head, my legs have put a hundred miles underneath them in a little more than one day. It's like, but you know, I know a caliber of runner I am. Um, and it's like, what can I do if I can run this whole thing? Was that That's kind right. of what you were mm -hmm. thinking? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Caleb, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned it earlier, but going into this, you were in a, in a much different position. You obviously won. And then, uh, because it was a first year race, you set the course record. Then what was your inclination to come back? You know, was it the free race entry that Brian gave you? And you're just like, well, I don't have any plans then yet. Or <laughs> did you have other aspirations? No, I definitely wanted to come back and win again. Um, like I, I told you before in that interview uh, a couple of weeks ago, I feel like you never really truly done something until you've done it twice. And even if I didn't win, I just wanted to do it again, just to relive the experiences. Cause I had such a great time in the first, the first race that we did, you know, it's your first hundred. So it's truly like a special place, like place in your heart. Like you always want to go back to home. And I, I consider Fayetteville and Rims River my home now. Um, and, you know, I really just I wanted to win. Uh, obviously, that was the goal going into it. Um, so part of that, like, that was definitely high up on my list. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see if I could do it or not. 
Well, I'm glad you did it. You know, I at least got one prediction right out there for my uh, <laughs> absurd, ridiculous prediction video as usual. Uh, but kind of we'll talk about your guys' training going into this race after completing 100 miles in round one, the first year of this race. Uh, talk about what your training looked like going into this year's race. What did you do differently from last year's race that you really focused on? And just kind of talk about like big picture. What did this 12 months look like for you? Do you want to start or you want me? Um, I can, I guess. Um, for, for those who don't know, me and Caleb are training partners. So we share a lot of miles together. Um, he's my coach and my training partner. Um, last year was a lot different. There was like kind of a, an obvious reason to want to sustain the injury that I did. Um, I had a SI joint um, issue about a month out from Rim to River last year and ended up having to take a couple of weeks off. And no one wants to go into a race having like three weeks off leading in the months leading up to 100 mile race. So this year, the goal is just see how long we can stay healthy let's let's stay healthy and and kind of like build up to this race and um we accomplished that we stayed healthy and um i think we had a lot more long runs i think our longest run was 30 total um or for me i'm not sure about caleb it's been 31 31 total well are you including cannot trace i guess um no the, the marshall Mar or the uh greenbrier river marathon where we did we ended up being 31 th yeah um but we sprinkled braces in uh basically every month sleeping up um i had way more trail runs than we had last year um uh, yeah i think the training this year was exponentially better than last year. Um, but I can let you speak on that too, Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll get a little more insight on her training going to last year too. So, you know, she came off a huge marathon build, you know, she did three marathons in like four months, you know, from 2019, the fall of 2019 to the spring of 2020. And we actually had one more on the schedule with Boston but it got canceled due to COVID. So that like COVID kind of allowed us to like take a step back and kind of regroup, uh, recover. And, you know, we were planning some trail races throughout the summer, but they all got canceled. So at that point, you know, I'm like, we got to do something just to keep us, you know, engaged and just striving towards a goal. So we, we talked and she really want, had two goals in mind. She wanted to break five in the mile and to break 17 in the 5k so we started training for that and she ended up breaking five in the mile and then she signed up for a 100 mile race so obviously i had to go you know go back to the drawing board and you know, start training for that and i feel like part of the reason she got the si joint injury to begin with was kind of like on my fault you know going from like more speed type workouts to doing 16 mile long runs on the trails you know, it maybe just was a too hard of a transition too fast. Um, so this year going into it, you had a couple of goals for her. One was to get her confidence back up because obviously 
power hiking 45 miles you know, with your knee just you know stinging pain the whole time you gotta get a couple races underneath your belt to fully think hey i'm still a runner again i can still do this so we picked the grayson highlands 50k to be our first 50k and it was it's fantastic like it's a beautiful day beautiful place um good competition she ended up beating all the boys but one you know getting second overall first female breaking the record so that was a good step forward in the right direction um and then you know we she told me she wanted to do triathlons and do athlons so i thought that was perfect because that was a way to train differently but still get the aerobic output that you need for a hundred mile race so she was biking swimming running you know, we held her base mileage at like 45 to 50, but she was adding on three cycles of 20 miles or above. She was swimming, you know, I can't remember how many miles, but you know, good bit. And I think that really helps provide that strong aerobic base. And then we went into a, more of a fall season where she did the Canal Trace 50K. We did the Greenbrier River Trail Marathon and then ultimately Run the River. Um, for me, you know, my training, I really just want to get consistent because last year I, uh, I kind of let myself fall off a bit. So I was only hitting around 50 to 60 miles before in the river. And that's not enough. That's really not enough. And definitely I needed more long runs. I needed more just long efforts. And it's just hard for me and probably hard for her as well to just go out and run 30 miles, like to have the motivation to go do it. So we trick ourselves into doing these long runs where we'll meet up with Brandon Perry and make it more like an event. Um, or we'll do like a marathon. It's like the Greenbrier River Marathon and then add on two or three miles before and after and end up getting 30 miles that way. Yeah, I feel like it's easier to do stuff like that than just to go out for five hours at a time and, and run. But, you know, going into this race, I felt really confident um, just where I was at physically. You know, I was PRing in the marathon and 50K. I felt pretty good and definitely had a great summer of races as well. But, you know, there's always that, like, voice in the back of your head, like, you're not doing enough. You know, I check Daniel Green's Strava every day. I see he's doing <laughs> way more than I am. And that, I knew that would be in my head, you know, definitely was the week, week of and during the race. Um, so, you know, hats off to him for to putting the pressure on. But, uh yeah, I, I checked Strava a little too much, but ultimately, like Holly and kept you know getting in my head, like just run your race, train the way you're supposed to train. Don't worry about anybody else, because that's what I tell her all the time. And it, you know, ultimately, it worked out. So kind of going yeah. off that and like checking the Strava and all this stuff, like I'm assuming you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to go out <laughs> here and win this race again in year two as a back-to-back champion. Uh, kind of talk about how you dealt with that pressure, if there was any at all that you put on yourself, and then kind of how you just pushed it to the side and went out there and had an incredible day. Uh, I complained a lot to Holly Ann, and she made fun of me, and we get mad. That's that's how it usually worked out. <laughs> and it made it worse because we watched the uh, Into the Well documentary the night before, and it, it made both of us have flashbacks of really painful moments during last year's race that we forgot about. So, yeah, that, I, never, I didn't sleep very well the night of because I kept thinking about everything that could go wrong. Uh, but, yeah, the pressure was it was there. But once the gun goes off, it's just a fun time. You know, we were out there having a blast. Uh, you know, me, Holly Ann, Dan, we were all just joking around for the first several miles. 
So once we get down into it, like it pressure is just something that makes you anxious beforehand, but during the race, it doesn't really affect you. Yeah. Great answer. Do you have uh, anything to add on that note, Holly Ann? I don't know. It's, it's more um, just trying to convince them like, there's no reason for anyone to ever focus on someone else's training because whenever you've you've been in the running business for so long, you understand, you know, like what mileage per week fits best for your body. And that's going to be different from, so this person is going to have less than you and they still might kick your butt. And this person's going to have more than you and they might. And it's just drawing that out and realizing, Hey, I'm doing what, I need to do to get me to that finish line and healthy and in the best time that I can accomplish that in. So just trying to convince him that every week. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so we're going to go ahead and start our, our deep dive into the actual race day. Caleb, you, you already mentioned it a little bit there, but you know, race morning, right? You wake up, you, uh, you get your oatmeal party going. I assume y'all had an Airbnb mm -hmm. together, you know. I missed out. Um, I missed out. No. <laughs> oh. we, we had our own party that morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, what's what's going through your mind before all this? Is it kind of are you feeling a little bit calmer? Is is it kind of like finally real now, or does it that only kick in, you know, once the gun actually goes off? Uh or things like kind of hectic the morning of. What's that like? And uh, Holly Ann, if you want to start off with this one. It was a little calmer than last year. Um, not, not have been for Caleb, but, um, you know, last year we had the film crew at our Airbnb at 4 a.m. And uh, I was just trying to, like, don't forget anything because I'm just focused on the film crew and them following me. Um, but anyway, I just kind of got up, already had, you know, always preset coffee, always have my vest and everything ready to go so that I don't have to do too much before we leave. And uh, I feel like we got to the race start at the perfect time, just, just before the huge crowd of people came in. Um, so I guess the only stressful thing for me on race morning was um, – the starting line kind of started a different way than last year. I don't know if you guys were at the starting line last year. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of like sitting in the car trying to warm my hands and feet right before I went out to the finish line. And I was kind of waiting for everyone to come on the left side of the banner before I got up and went over there. And I almost waited a little too long. And whenever I got up to the starting line, there was like, less than 30 seconds left until mm -hmm. um until he said it was time to go um so that was a little stressful but other than that i felt like race morning was pretty laid back yeah what about I you was, caleb i was like nervous as all get out <laughs> and like I, I actually made the comment like i don't feel like i'm about to run 100 miles right now like this isn't real like i'm there's no way and I was very anxious because I have a system. We all have our systems. Uh, mm -hmm. I have to use the restroom at least twice, if not three times beforehand, before I'm good to go. And I was very unsuccessful. And so we got there early, and I didn't have to go. So there's no line. I try anyway. Nothing happens. 
And then, you know, I wait, drink more coffee, and finally I'm able to go, but there's a huge line out the door. So I ended up going behind the building on the old race course. But uh, other than that, like, besides that, Isaac Waite helped me out with uh, some toilet paper. But anyway, um, other than that, like, it was really nice having, like, my dad, Holly Ann, mom, Chris, everybody there because I kept, like, bouncing back and forth from each of them. They kind of kept me calm. And then, yeah, I was a little confused about the start of the race as well because I, I was on the wrong side. Eventually, I was crossed over and then I got really worried that Holly Ann was going to make it. Um, and then she finally showed up. So it worked out, but, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, anxious emotions going on going into it. Well, I'm glad you were on the wrong side. You know, it's given people behind you some uh, time to catch up. You know what I mean? Like that was really the only chance that people had to uh, be within a couple of yards of you guys. Cause in the early start of this race, you guys absolutely took off up that hill. Talk about the early miles of this race and take us like all the way to Canard or so. I'll let you start, Caleb. <laughs> okay. Well, so the gun goes off. We, we we start rolling. And sure enough, I look to my sprinting. right. Sprinting. Sprinting, by the way. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were just running. And yeah, I look around. There's nobody beside us but just me and her. I'm like, well, we're back again. This is exactly what happened last year. <laughs> and then I like looked around. It's like, Dan, get up here. Come on. So he, found, he made his way up. And then it was just us three for a good little while. Um, I lost a uh, gel right there in the first 15 feet because it bounced out of my pocket. So that was great. Uh, but then we just ran up the hill and we started talking and just kind of, we, we were literally just having a blast talking for the first several miles. Didn't check our watches once. I thought we were going about 10 minute pace, maybe an 11 minute pace, but ended up looking at it yesterday it's like eight eight minute pace so <laughs> i guess we were going a little fast but uh yeah, it's just so much fun and then eventually the what was, what was it uh dirk what, what place did he get he he made his way up there and then a guy named brandon or brandon made his way up so we had a good like good group of five through concho and we pretty much kept that group throughout the first i would say through arbuckle creek and then we started to split up a little bit going towards the urban bridge. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun just being able to hang out with a group and talk to some people we didn't know and kind of learn their story about how they found out about the race and everything and try to not fall as much as possible. Dan fell in the first three miles. Saw Holly Ann turn a couple ankles as well. Um, but yeah, so Holly, you want to go? Before, before you dive in, Holly, and you know, Caleb taking shots at Dan here. Dan is retaliating in the chat saying, ask Bowen how many times he dropped his water bottle in the first 10 miles. Uh, do we have an answer oh, yeah. to, to uh, that one? <laughs> like three or four. It was stupid. So, okay. I did wear a vest I've never worn before. Uh, my uncle Bobby, like, gave, he's like showing all the stuff he had. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I have one similar. He's like, oh, what, where is this one? This one's better. So I wore it. And it, it we fit it all out. It felt great, but I'd, I never felt it with the actual water bottle in there and I didn't fill up the water bottle. I was going to wait till like Thurmond or somewhere else. And it just kept falling out because there's nothing in it. So yeah, Dan got it for me one time. Uh, I think Dirk got it for me one time. And eventually I just held it because I couldn't handle it flopping out every you know mile or so. 
Mm-hmm. Did you, I wonder if Laura and Brian are listening. It sounds like Dan got and carried your water bottle for a little bit. Is that <laughs> that's that's mewling? I think I was gonna say I don't. I think we might have a new champion, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holly and uh, dive into your early miles, kind of what it was like uh, going through those with the group. Yeah, um, not much more, not much more to add than uh, Caleb. Like he said, we stayed together until around Arbuckle. Um, kind of had a goal to keep those first seventeen-ish, similar to what we did last year. And it, like he said, it felt like it, but it was actually a little bit faster than anticipated. Um, I kept, uh, waiting for Daryl Dorsey to catch up to us like he did last year. Um, he ended up catching up right before our buckle and then we ran together through Thurman and back. And so I know I kept turning to Caleb, turning around saying, Daryl, are you there? <laughs> but, um, no, he, he didn't, he ran a lot smarter this year. Um, and he ended up being uh, third overall. It's awesome. So kind of going through the middle miles of the race now, you know, after the Canard Aid Station, you've got your first real climb of the day. You know, the first 27 miles of that race are so runnable, like you guys were talking about paces and whatnot. There's really no real crazy climbs in the early 27 there, but you do get your first one at 27. What was the kind of the mindset with your guys, the hills, and how'd you tackle that first one? Holly Ann, if you want to start with this one. Uh, yeah, last year, um, I think with training, uh, we've done a lot more elevation this year, I guess, than I've ever done before in my life. And I've started to, I started to realize over the last few training runs leading up to the hundred miler that I was getting pretty fit at, um, hills, mountains, um, and so I knew that that climb was coming up around 27. And last year, I probably walked eight tenths of it, if not more. And um, as I started to leave the aid station, um, it just felt great and natural to run it. So I ended up running a majority of that hill, um, which I, I would think would be the probably the hardest one. What, what do you think, Caleb? That could be. I mean, I think Fayette Station Hill is probably the hardest to run up, but I don't know. I don't know. It just might just be where it's at too, like you know, in the sixties rather than you know twenty-seven. That's true. <clears throat> but I mean, it's, it's wise, this one was is supposed to be worse, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I lost my train of thought there. You were nope. talking about how uh, it felt a lot better uh, this year and you ran up most of that hill compared to walking up most of it the year before. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I got into the trails and um, so once you get to the top, it kind of um, flattens out for a couple of miles before you get to K Morris Minor and you have to do another um, technical climb. And um I remember like looking down at 31 and I was at 437 for the 50K and I was really excited about that. Um, and the same for Kmars Minor. I was able to run a lot more of that this year and it just kind of felt really smooth to me. Um, 
So that was really encouraging for the race. And um, I think Caleb will agree with me. Like, I felt like I was, I was just having a blast out there. I was smiling basically the entire race. And I know he was too. Yeah, Caleb, if you want to kind of pick back up there, what were your, what were sort of your, you know, thoughts coming out of the Kennard Aid Station? How were you feeling? Where were you at? Yeah, so like when we were running the Southside Brooklyn Trail, me and Dan kind of talked about what we were going to do at the aid station. So he talked about maybe loosening up his shoes a little bit and then filling his water pack up, a tailwind, and then he was just going to roll out of there. And I was just going to eat a little bit and kind of just check up with the fam and then, then go. But he, he went through it so much faster than I thought he was going to because he left and I was like still eating a little bit. I was like, well, shoot. So I had to go and he got a little good lead on me, but I probably pushed a little bit too hard trying to catch him. I tried not to. I tried to make it as gradual as possible. But, you know, we ran the whole thing and ended up catching him shortly before uh, maybe like three fourths of the way up. And then we ran together for a good bit. And then. After that, he would kind of like leave me for a while, and then I'd catch back for a while, um, and just we had run together for a good bit. So it was kind of just like, you know leaving me, catching up, leaving, catching up type deal. And then we ran up Kmore Miners Trail. Definitely thought I took it a little bit easier in last year because last year I felt like I strained going up it, and this year you know I walked when I wanted to, I ran when I wanted to, but I actually ended up running faster than I did last year. You know, I looked at the Strava segment and it was faster. So I don't know what happened there, but it is just maybe it's just the fact that we were running together and just kind of having fun at that time. But I put a little bit of a gap on him going up to the top towards the aid station. Or, or yeah, no, we went to Long Point first. So he actually he passed me going to the Long Point, and then we went into the aid station together. Um, we really didn't stop to look at the overlook or anything, but we did manage to do something kind of cool. We all three picked Kelly green keys from the, uh, from the box. And, uh, you know, we're all Marshall people. So I thought that was kind of cool. And Holly had pointed it out, uh, afterwards. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I picked up it. the Kelly green tag and then I was running back and I went to open the box and there's already two in there. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> heard <laughs> yeah even like the yeah. subconscious you know kind of things mid-race is is a uh, is a crazy thing but kind of one thing i'm curious about now is you talked about eating there in the early miles but what did that actually look like for you um eating wise throughout the early miles of this race um uh, for me so early on i was definitely using more gels and honey stinger wafers um, partially because I wasn't allowed or wasn't able to fully take my time to eat because Dan would leave. Um, so I'm going to blame him. But as the race progressed, I started eating more and more real food. Um, and definitely on the second half, I would eat more like potatoes, ramen, stuff like that. But definitely had my fair share of honey stinger wafers. Uh, thankfully, Holly Ann gave me some. And they got to the point where I was so sick of them. I really did not want anymore i was like trying to force it down in the later miles because i knew i had to eat something but i it's like it just tastes like sawdust in your mouth i don't know and the same thing with gels too like you get sick of the taste of them and just the consistency and 
Like at first they, they were great, but I don't know. It definitely fell apart after a while. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I did a little uh, better last year nutrition wise, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm not disappointed with how I did this year. Um, for the most part, I'm continually taking in um, noon endurance that's in my bottle and my vest. And then I had um, cis gels that I was taking in about every 30 minutes. I had intended to eat a half of a PB&J at 26, 27 at Kennard and left and totally forgot it. Um, so I think around 28, I went ahead and ate a waffle, uh, Honey Singer waffle like Caleb was eating most of the race. And I guess that's about all I had until Long Point, which is 37, I think. My watch was very wrong all day. Yeah, mine was too. Um, And I ended up getting some substance in there. I think I ended up eating mashed potatoes. Uh, It was my first, like, real food. (coughs) And I think they had some PBs and, like, fourth PB&Js that I grabbed. Mm -hmm. And I got to ask, I'm sure you guys have heard this from me before you know but did you get into the pepperoni rolls out there at all <laughs> i know i did it was, it was the highlight of the race for me to be honest <laughs> um i wish uh i think i told you on a previous episode the mm-hmm. ones that they have in fayette station have cheese in them unfortunately um i'd actually made some of my own homemade pepperoni rolls to bring one because i know caleb really likes them so i figured that would be something mm-hmm. like grab for at the aid stations. Um, but then end up completely leaving them at the Airbnb and didn't, mm-hmm. didn't find them until after the hundred miles. Yeah. They're still good though. Well, what about oh, you guys? What do you guys eat throughout the race? Uh, well, a lot of pepperoni rolls, frankly. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad I made it to 45. Cause if I, if I didn't make it there, I would have <laughs> flown all the way across the country for nothing. Right. Um, <laughs> But then just your, I had a lot of your standard aid station fare. I definitely left with a, a whole soft flask full of chicken broth in the morning. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, Caleb. <laughs> I saw that look. Um, and then a lot of like, uh, I really like the Spring Energy Awesome Sauce gels. And then um, there's this company called Untapped that uh, they also do waffles and stuff. But they do just maple syrup shots in a packet like a gel uh, that I really love those. Um, I'm learning that that's kind of a weird thing to really love but in a race it just it goes down super well um and i think the combination really fits it was the fall you know i had my maple syrup i had my uh my um apple pie flavored spring gels you know like that was that was all working out for me what about you wesley you know cam i'd love to share my answer right now but i think it's gonna be a spoiler for ridge hunters live number 75 next tuesday with uh wes and uh Cam, us two will be uh, our first time ever on guests. Well, Cam's second time, my first time ever on this show as a guest. And Mariana Grudziak and Sarah Wallace will actually be co-hosting that together as guest hosts. So uh, if you want to hear the answer to what I ate, you'll have to tune into that for that. But let's get back on track, guys. Sounds Uh, good. (laughs) Take us through uh, kind of what the middle miles were like. You know, the sun kind of set, I believe, 
earlier this year. Nope, later, later, yep, later, later, later this year. Uh, the sun, <laughs> the sunrise and stuff. That, that threw me off personally. Like when I got the concho and it was still dark, my race was almost ruined. I was like, "What is going on?" I saw last year Caleb and these guys. They came through in the uh, the daytime, but kind of talk about what that transition was like for you and how you kind of dealt with the weather as it got got colder into the night. Do you want to go first or? Uh, you can. Okay. Well, um, so, you know, obviously it started off kind of cold, you know, 28 degrees. So I had a, uh, long sleeve and a shirt underneath. Um, and then as the day progressed, I got pretty warm, but it was weird because you would kind of go around like the gorge and it'd be like cool in some, some spots and it'd be warm in some spots. So, you know, put the gloves on, take them off, put them back on take them off, um, you know, roll the sleeves up, roll them down, kept doing that up until about long point. And then eventually I just, you know, got pretty warm at that point. So I was looking forward to taking the shirt off and, you know, having just a short sleeve shirt on, uh, for the rest of the way. Um, did that, uh, at the turnaround spot when I saw Chris, our, our crew chief, um, and you know, I love the holy shirt, the rabbit holy shirt. And I actually didn't have it on. And I was afraid I didn't bring it. So whenever I asked Chris if he had it and he said yes, I was like so excited. Um, because it's so breathable, it looks cool. I, that's the main point. It looks cool. Um, and you're know, getting to the turnaround point was pretty big because last year I felt really bad at the turnaround point. And that's a scary thing because you know you have like half the race left to go. So when I felt really good going into the turnaround, it, it got me really excited. And I picked up my pacer, J.R. Loyster, who, you know, is, you know, a heck of a trail runner himself. And, you know, I really wanted to open it up if I could at that point. So we, we ran decently hard going down that hill and towards Fayette Station. Um, and then when we got to Fayette Station, you know, it's a party. It's like the best aid station ever. So I got to see my boy Craig, who runs the uh, Rangefinders coffee shop, and got you know two shots of coffee, and then you know made our way up the hill, um, ran up the hill all the way up till we got to the trail, and then I did walk while eating some of the stuff I got from the aid station, you know to the top, um, and then really after that, you know, it was we knew we were going to go into the Arrowhead or the Arrow yeah Arrowhead trails which they're bike trails and they're a little bit tougher to run than what I would say, you know, the standard trail, at least for me, just because they're turning so often. So at that point is just mainly me and, and JR talking a lot and him telling stories and just keeping my mind off of things. Um, and at that point, you know, I really thought that I had broken Dan. Maybe I shouldn't have thought that, but I really did. So we get to the Arrowhead uh, aid station. I use the restroom and get out, go to the uh, go to the tent. And uh, Laura Baker's there. She uh, asked how I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, I feel tired. Um, you know, I ran 71 miles, so I feel pretty pretty tired, but I feel okay. And then Dan just comes right in right after I said that, and she asked him the same question. And he's like, oh, I feel like a million bucks. Let's go. I'm like, all right, uh, JR, we gotta go now. <laughs> so we left, and I was, I was so down. Like at that point, I thought the race was over. I was like, Dan's gonna blow past us going down this hill, and I'm never gonna see him again. And just there's, there's my goal, just you know, washing away. 
But JR talked me off the ledge. He, he kept just talking to me the whole time, telling stories about college and stuff. And eventually we made our way down to Kennard, uh, which was really cool because I saw some of my runners there. I saw you know, the aid station uh, workers. I saw Chris and our, our crew there as well. And that set us up for the next stage of it. So had the highs and lows in that section. And that, that was kind of cool looking back on it now. It wasn't cool during the time, but, you know. Just seeing that race develop and, you know, throwing our moves whenever we thought that we were best and then seeing the result of them. It's just, it's cool. Absolutely. Um, and we got a few chat questions we'll get to in a second, but Holly Ann, if you want to talk us through that section for you, turn around back to Kennard, you know, this is where I saw you and I will say to me, you looked very good if only because I was trying to recover from the two cups of mashed potatoes I ate at the <laughs> station. Um, and also this I was in my mind, I'm like, it's an out and back course. And I'm like, Ooh, Holly Ann's the first person I saw going this direction. Does that mean she's winning overall? <laughs> um, and then also trying to do that math. That's, you know, a little insight into what my mental space was, but uh, Holly Ann, if you want to talk about how you were feeling during that section. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, the original question was about weather and, um, yeah, the weather to me was like so much better than so much better than last year. Um, I know last year I got to a point where I felt like I was just completely bonked on electrolytes where this year it kind of stayed cool and crisp the entire time. And uh, like Caleb said, I had my arm warmers on, my gloves on, arm warmers down, arm warmers back on, gloves and arm warmers off. And it was kind of this perpetual cycle. Um, of that. Um, like you said, I think the hottest part of the day was the turnaround. And um, that's whenever I had picked up my Pacer BP. Um, huge shout out to him. Like for the last two years, he has faced me for over 40 miles, not complained. Um, two polar opposite experiences for him as well. Last year, you know, what's going through your mind when you pick someone up and immediately have to hike 40 miles with them. Um, he, he's amazing, truly. And then this year was a complete 360 where he picked me up and I was feeling great and ready to roll. And, uh, um, it was, it was so exciting to have him there. Um, but same as Caleb, uh, Fate Station was one of my favorites. Uh, Craig was down there having a blast, dancing, had his cold brew ready. Um, always puts everyone in a great mood, great spot. Um, then as we climbed out of Fayette Station, um, I was just kind of trying to get past that uh, rocky section where I injured my knee last year because both on the way out and on the way back, um, I started to feel myself get a little emotional because I was just kind of this unconscious fear coming back that, you know, I would tweak my knee again um, in that same spot. So it was this automatic like relief as soon as I got past that rocky section and was headed back towards Long Point, um, which I think is where I ended up seeing you, Cam. You said you were in a mm -hmm. potato potato coma at that time. Um, and um, 
long, long point came in clutch with the, the ramen. I had ramen there. Um, it's nice and warm. Um, and still feeling great at that time. Uh, past Josh Keck and he was he was getting some footage and uh cheering cheering us on as we came through um similar experience to Caleb as we came through Arrowhead um Laura was so sweet and encouraging um asking us how we were doing and um then kind of made the descent down towards um Brooklyn again um that was a part of the race that we hadn't done last year because last year we did camera monitors up and cameras monitors down so I wasn't sure what to expect but I was pleasantly surprised very very glad that I didn't have to do cameras monitor down again um very thankful for that um and then uh past that point um we got to canard and Again, still feeling great energy-wise, a lot different than last year and a lot, like I said, better than I was anticipating. Um, I think the people at the aid station told me, um, like, you look so much better than last year. (laughs) So, well, thank you. Um, I think part of the fun and glamorous part of being a ultra runner uh this year it was coupless so i'm sure y'all had a a similar experience where i had had ginger ale in my cup had broth i've had potatoes all between different aid stations so i think i I got to that point and um i'd asked them to do half potatoes half broth and she was like do you want me to wash it out and i was like "Mm, no i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) it's been a long day. Like I've already eaten 15 things out of this cup. I'm, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. That actually, um, there's a, there's a TikTok trend. Um, I know Wesley's going to love this. He's a big TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I, hey, Caleb, is too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see him on uh, Instagram reels, but it was, uh, it's the, like, there's some kind of audio that plays and people describe you know, things that aren't good soup. And then they go, hmm, good soup. Um, and that's how I was thinking, you know, drinking later on in the day, uh, some gnarly out of my soft flask that it definitely had chicken broth in it that morning. So we definitely get that feeling. It was kind of a lot of like uh, good soups out there. I thought the same thing at one point where I had mashed potatoes and pickle juice on top. I was like, good soup. And uh, no one knew what I was talking about, but still. I did. I was eight hours back, but I did. You knew. That's awesome. That's awesome. Before we dive into the uh, the finishing stories here, and you know we've got a bunch of chat questions we are going to get to you in a quick second, uh, we want to take our normal seventh inning stretch here. Uh, and this time, we have a very important message to pass along to Regeneration. Uh, back on October 19th, trail runner Ryan Patterson fell off a roof at work and was life lighted. Thankfully, Ryan survived and is currently going to physical therapy every single week. Uh, his friends are hosting a benefit trail race for him to help pay for medical expenses. On December 11th at the Hunter's Tree Farm in Glenmont, Ohio, there will be a 25K, 10K, and 5K run 
for Ryan. 100% of the proceeds will go directly to Ryan. If you're unable to participate that day or get out to Ohio, uh, there is a GoFundMe set up as well if you'd like to contribute that way. Uh, links for this event can be found in the YouTube description down below. Uh, this is just one of those things that came across our line. It's just an indication of, you know, the show running community is truly a special place that looks after everyone. And uh, so a big thank you goes out to everyone helping to make this, you know, this event a successful one for Ryan. Um, kind of diving into the chat questions now, Cam, I know we've got a bunch of them. Uh, what's our first one we got here? Yeah. Um, so it's not the first one, but I do want to throw out, um, when Holly Ann was talking about, uh, Brandon Perry, BP being her pacer. He, he dropped in the chat, hanging on all caps, exclamation points was my motto this year. And then she was feeling a little too good. LOL. Um, so BP, I, I don't know you like this, but I can kind of tell that, you know, coming up to Arrowhead, she was feeling a little too good. Um, but we do have our, our first chat question. It's actually for Holly Ann. Um, and Kimberly Auth wants to know if you felt any pressure from the second, third place women behind you uh, during the race, or were you mainly focused on racing with the men at the front? Um, I would say a little of both. Um, definitely, I guess I had two goals um, in placement-wise going in. I definitely wanted to be top five. Um, I'm always aiming for that top spot, um, regardless if it's male or female spot. And um, I definitely was hoping to get overall female. I know that was a, a long shot because there were a lot of really strong women in this build. Uh, Whitney, who won last year, she's a phenomenal runner, um, Team USA. And um, so, so that was definitely driving me the entire time. I had a goal of seeing, you know, like how close I could get to Caleb and Dan or just, just working towards them. Um, and then a couple other men later on in the race at Dirk and Daryl that I was also chasing, uh, there in the final miles. Um, but also just knowing, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't sure where Whitney or Kimberly or, um, any of the other women were, um, behind me, but assuming that they were close and, um, that I needed to maintain where I was. All right. And then, um, this is going to be a couple more questions for both y'all. This one from Isaac Waite. He wants to know, are y'all going to be back at Rim to River, uh, next year? And do you have any plans to chase a golden ticket at some point? We're still trying to figure everything out. Um, you know, shortly after the race, I was like, "You, I, I've, I really don't know if I can top this feeling." You know, you know, finishing first and all that. Like, I really mm -hmm. don't. But I kind of like keeping it as it is. But then, like last night, I was like, "Man, I really want to come back. Like, this is this is home." I was even texting Brandon Perry. Uh, so they had that cabin fever fifty k. I saw the person on Ultra Sign Up who's like ranked first. I'm like, dude, I really want to beat him. I really do. I want to, <laughs> I got to defend the homeland because he's from Virginia and this is mine, but I won't mm -hmm. be able to be there. So maybe we can convince, you know, some of these other top guys to come in and have like a really legit, you know, all brawl in the gorge. So yeah. I don't know. I really want to expand and run other races because I want to see the world. I want to do some different stuff. But this one's home and it's really hard to not come back. So I got to figure it out. 
but as for golden ticket races, I would love to. Uh, that's like my dream come true. Uh, I don't know if I can because track seasons, you know, it's really hard to plan, you know, trail races around it. So the only one I'm able to do is the uh, Bandera. And unfortunately, that's not that far away. So, like, I don't know if I'll be recovered or not. I don't know if I can train well enough getting going up into it or not. But I don't know. I don't even know if I can run it fast enough to be even consideration. But it'd be cool. So, yeah. I don't know, Isaac, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Holly Ann? Yeah, I'm the same as Caleb. Um, really, really torn um, because I've always been. Like, I want to move on. Uh, I want to see all there is to offer um, in every race in the Southeast. And I don't want to get stuck in in one race. But if I do, this would be the race. Um, oh, my goodness. This past weekend was everything I could ask for and more. Um, the the volunteers the the vibes the this this whole this race as a whole like I wouldn't want to I can't imagine spending my weekend any other way than I did this past uh weekend in the gorge um so I'm kind of with Caleb like um it almost feels like tradition now um so it'll it'll be a really hard call about whether or not we are going to be um, at Room to River next year or not. Um, golden ticket was, uh, me and Caleb had kind of discussed, um, whether or not there was one that we were looking at for the spring. Um, like he said, Bandera was, was closer. Um, it's not going to work out for me because I have an employee that's having Keeley surgery and, um, there's only four employees. So I, I kind of, have to make sure that I'm there at the lab. Um, but, you know, Caleb and I put our time out there on Western and we have a 1.3 chance of getting in. Um, <laughs> yes. so. yeah. yeah. Well, Hey, you know, 1.3 is still a chance. And then <laughs> we're never going to write off the golden tickets. Cause we saw what Arlen Glick did, you know, uh, saw plenty of media coverage, you know, but like, who is this guy? And then he smoked mm-hmm. the whole field, you know, yeah. we knew who he was, but yeah, I, it's all the belief in the world here for y'all. Uh, and, with that and, one. and kind of getting you guys back to room forever. I mean, what do I have to do? Put you guys like sixth in my predictions for next year's race starting mm-hmm. right now. Like, I mean, what, what kind of idea? like let's get you guys yeah, back in, the, in the, this race. I mean, let's, uh, let's all sign up January 1st. You know, I said, uh, we're doing a decade long cam in some capacities. So, uh, we'll have yeah. to see what that looks like for next year, but uh, I'm sure yeah. you, we'd love to have you guys back out there again. I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys will be out there on race day regardless, but kind of take us through yeah. the finishing miles now. I mean, obviously winning this thing, guys, you did it. Set crazy course records. Take us through what those final miles were like and what it, those the emotions were like going through your head. Holly Ann, if you want to start. Yeah. Um... I guess we can start with leaving Kennard again. Um, I said, uh, still spent a good half of the race in shock that, you know, I'm, I'm still in this, I'm healthy. I feel great. And I wasn't, no, I wasn't sure like when it was going to hit me. Um, you know, I guess 
I, I didn't really get to experience the full 100 last year. Um, wh- when I would truly hit the wall, um, if I were healthy. Um, so it was kind of testing the waters and seeing where I would be. Um, so I had BP with me still up until Concho, which this year was seven and a half to go. Um, somehow made it across our buckle both ways without getting in the water this year, uh, which last year I did not. Um, I had I had a hand uh, from BP on the way back because my my legs were a little shaky. You know, at, at that point they were pretty fatigued. And then as soon as I made it across, he like slips on a rock and gets his <laughs> and gets his gloves in the freezing cold water. And I felt horrible um, for the remainder of um, his pacing duties until Chris picked me up at seven and a half. But um, anyway, um, Chris picks me up at seven and a half. And at that point, like, I know in the back of my mind, the last four and a half um, on Ace property last year literally felt like an eternity. The longest part of the race um, felt way longer than four and a half. Uh, So I knew that the seven and a half would feel even longer this year. And it did. Um, But um, I don't know. Uh, It just it just felt amazing having my husband there, um, helping me through those last seven and a half miles and, um, being able to see me in a completely different state than I was last year. And, um, I was just kind of kept looking at the clock. And, um, like I said, I was a little in shock that I was where I was. Um, I was aiming for a sub 20 time, um, but I didn't know that I'd be, at least an hour off of that. Um, and there, whenever I got out to the road, I was so, so close to sub 19. Um, but in the last mile and a half, my left knee kind of locked up on me like it did last year. And so I was like trying to shuffle as fast as I could. And my left knee kept giving me sharp pains. And, um, one of Caleb's pacer Lucas, I could hear him like over the road. He was like, you're at 1855. And I, was, I wanted to scream back, I know, but I can't move. But um, we made it. Um, it, it. It was just nothing. No words can describe what um, coming across the finish line this year um, felt like after like what I experienced last year. And um, it was just so awesome to have Bryant hand me that um, – gold belt buckle and uh I guess he he kind of got to see how it all transpired last year versus this year and it was just a really special moment for all of us that's awesome Caleb let's hear uh how it played out for you yeah so yeah we get to the canard and I'm just getting everything ready and I pick up Lucas who's my pacer uh put on a long sleeve shirt and there's Daniel right where I thought he'd be. And uh, it was just in the back of my mind, I knew it was just going to be a, it's going to be a, what I would call a photo finish because in an ultra race, if you're within, you know, 20 minutes of each other, it's a photo finish. So we just raced 
I mean, every moment I was I was thinking about where he was the whole time. And thankfully, Lucas, my, my pacer, Lucas Warner, um, just kept talking to me about random stuff. You know, he talked to me about his plants that he planted, his fruit trees, uh, castrating a pig. I mean, he literally pulled things out of the wall. But it, it was enough to get me not thinking about Dan, which is fantastic. And I don't know. It's just like we ran a lot of it, which is a lot different from last year. Last year, me and out my pacer, Alex Miner, we had to walk up most of the significant hills, but uh, not really much this time. So we we get to Erskine, you know, we do what we need to do. We get out of there pretty quick, and then we get across Arbuckle. Actually, like Holly Ann, we actually got through without getting too wet, um, and then we just ran up the almost the entire way up, up the hill, and then you know snake our way back up and over the mountain. And, you know, once again, I kind of got comfortable, you know, me and Lucas were just talking and all of a sudden I see Dan Slight coming down on the switchbacks and he yells something to the effect of, hey, Bowen. And I'm like, well, there he is. Okay. So, you know, me and me and uh, Lucas plan out what we're going to do at the last aid station. Like he was going to take my water bottle, fill it up. I was going to get my little cup or actually his little cup and, uh, filled up with potatoes and broth and we were just gonna walk we didn't want to stop and eat or anything we just want to walk out of there and get out of there as fast as possible so that's what we did um i don't know if they were completely ready for us because they didn't have the potatoes ready or anything but uh you know that that was a common theme too throughout the throughout the day but uh we got out of concho as soon as dan was coming in and, you know, we just ran. I mean, a lot, I really did not expect to run uh, the Contra Trail because it's really technical, especially at night. But we did, we did pretty well. And then we ran up the hill, the asphalt hill going past the, uh, the, the finish line. And then, just, you know, at that point, I had made a decision in my brain that I really wanted to, I wanted to win super bad that I was going to do about anything. <laughs> so... Yeah, I kept looking back and I kept seeing like cabin lights thinking that was him. But up until the last part where we like popped out of the road, I was not convinced I was going to do it because I, I just kept expecting him to blow past me. Um, and then once we got on the road, I was like, OK, I think I think we got it. I think we got this under control. So you cross the finish line and I don't know if I've ever been more like ecstatic to win a race in, in my whole career. You know, I, I fell down to my knees. It was a little dramatic, but, like, it, it was just so cool. It kind of, like, just hit me at, like, a wall. I was like, wow, I just raced for 100 miles. Like, last year, it was it was a race, but it was, you know, kind of got comfortable there. There was no sense of comfort at all the entire way. I just loved that. You know, the fact that Dan was able to push me that hard and in his debut 100, too, like, it was just really cool that we were able to go at it for that long. So, and you know, afterwards, I was able to like look up at the stars and really appreciate the kind of the beauty of it. Because when you're racing, you don't really see a whole lot of that, but it made it made it worthwhile. Absolutely, uh, 
great, great answers there. Um, because y'all have both been previous guests on the show, we're going to skip our usual quick questions. Um, yeah. I do want to give you a chance. If you've got um, any last-minute questions for them, drop them in the chat below. We're going to get to the last couple of ones here because I actually think they make they make solid uh, sort of end-of-show quick questions here. And we're going to start with uh, Ryan Stanford's. This is a, a two-parter. Um, but who is going to win in an arm wrestling match? And he's got these matchups for us. So... Holly Ann and Molly Sedell or Caleb versus Jim Wamsley. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my Wesley Hart and hat and make a prediction mm. and say <laughs> that, you know, Caleb versus Jim Wamsley is a toss-up. Actually, I think they're both toss-ups. But actually, Holly Ann versus Jim Wamsley, not a toss-up. I've got Holly Ann ten times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was it. <laughs> I say Wamsley wins versus me because he's got a lot more leverage. Yeah, I mean, his he's tall, lanky. I'm sure his arms are twice as big as mine. So he he does that battle. Wow, my ten out of ten. <laughs> I just I think you're gritty in a way that Wamsley isn't. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think Molly has Caleb too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't know what what are you thinking, Holly Ann? You know, are you going to take down a Olympic medalist in an arm wrestling match? Can we get this set up? That would be tough. Um, I don't know. I I definitely have slacked on some of my upper body strength workouts, so I, I think Molly might have me on that. Um, if you have like uh, something that's uh, a reoccurring like who can do the longest plank or who could do the longest repetition of push-ups or something like that and I'll, I'll probably grit it out even if I'm not strong enough to all right and then we have um a question from Paul DeFord and he wants to know how long did uh, each of y'all sit down at the Arrowhead aid station to watch the Christmas movie Assuming 20 minutes each, right? You got in a good scene. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think it was on when we came through. Yeah, I, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> they were barely dressed up whenever I came through. I remember yeah, uh, the pickle. There was a pickle. There was a pickle, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an elf in a pickle and somebody else. Oh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, all we have to say is, um, you know, this is the difference between that uh, that silver buckle that you got <laughs> and uh, those gold buckles. So, you yeah, know, we'll uh, we'll see you for the, you know, the Tuesday morning hills or whatever it is. Robling Runners does. You know, Friday, Friday. Have some respect. Year. Friday. OK, I'm not a Cincinnati. Guy. Come on. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and we've got a couple of Rim to River specific um, questions to end with here. Um, some quick questions. Um, I think y'all have already kind of answered this one, but what is your favorite aid station at Rim to River? Oh, Fayette Station for sure. I, I love Fayette Station. You know, Craig, like, Craig is like the noticeable one because you know, we, we've gone to his coffee shop before, so we really built a relationship with him. But like, remember I came into it the first time, like we both like locked eyes and like he pointed at me and I pointed at him. It was like, there's a bro connection there and it, it was just awesome. And he's like, 
I was like, do you got what I need? He's like, hell yeah, I got what you need. Come on, let's go. And uh, then on the way back, same thing. Like he had uh, like get low playing and he just got us all jazzed up. And uh, and that was also a point where like I had like four athletes uh, on my women's team. They were there. You know, my whole family seemed like they were there as well. Holly Ann's parents were there. So I had a lot of people that I knew you know, all cheering for me at that point. So it was very a fun, fun aid station. Yeah, I would say Fayette Station was my favorite. Um, all, all of the volunteers this year at every aid station did fantastic. So it was super close. Um, also really appreciated the Wiru that was out there mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, she was so sweet and um, I kind of read her right up this morning and was super awesome when um, you have an injury to turn around and decide to to head up to West Virginia and volunteer, um, even despite her unfortunate events. Um, so it was really sweet. Definitely. And kind of going on to the next quick question here. What would you say to someone who's considering signing up for this race next year? Holly Ann, if you want to kick this one off. Um, I would tell them sign up in a heartbeat without a doubt. Um, my goodness, this is like this race will always go down in history for me as the most phenomenal race, uh, most supportive people. Um, it is seriously just so special. Um, Yeah, Caleb, what do you have? Yeah, same thing. I mean, there's there's no question. Just do it. Just sign up on January 1st. You know, you have a great race director who's going to take care of you. You got the best aid station workers I've ever seen. And, you know, we've been to other other races before, and we've seen them. You know, it's, it, there's no comparison. Um, just the course itself, I mean, you got a good mix of everything. You got beauty. You got... Uh, you got some really difficult sections, but you also got some really runnable sections. So you're able to go through the highs and lows and get out of it, you know, on the other side. So uh, it's definitely a special, special race for me. And I have a lot of special races uh, that I hold dear, but it's definitely the one that I think means the most to me. You know, it's challenged me. It's made me who I am today. So I, I would definitely say do it. Yeah, hard to argue with that logic, and uh, I feel like everyone's going to be taking that advice and signing up on January 1st. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Uh, We just want to give you one final chance to say thank yous and uh, shout out your sponsors if you have any. Caleb, if you want to get started. I don't have any sponsors, so, uh, you know, I guess a shout out to the Marshall Cross Country team for being at regionals this weekend. Uh, We race tomorrow at 12 and 1, so... If you're not doing anything, uh, just try to maybe look at some look out for some live results or something like that, and see how we do. Um, yeah, and could somebody sponsor this man's, please? Yeah, <laughs> just some shoes, sure. right? Like, come on, make it happen. Fifteen thirty, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, just huge thank you um, to my husband for holding down the fort. Um, he was crew chief for Caleb and I, um, my family for being out there. Like I said, BP, like for signing up to run, um, 
40 miles with me two years in a row. That's huge. Um, all the volunteer and crew people out um, along the entire course, um, supporting us, encouraging us the entire way, um, the bakers for everything that they did to make this a successful race. Um, and then just a huge thank you to my sponsors, uh, Rabbit, Noon, Honey Stinger, Koros, and another special shout out to Speedland. Um, if anyone got a short chance to watch the documentary at the 50 miler last year, my feet were like completely wrecked. I had blisters on every corner of each toe. Um, my foot was purple. Um, but this year I might've had one blister after a hundred miles. Um, so my Speedland um, definitely were a huge factor in getting me to that finish line um, healthy. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. This is an incredible uh, show to kind of hear your guys' deep dive on the Rim Server 100 this year and just to kind of uh, just to hear the whole day. I mean, it was an incredible day out there for so many people and so many people were out there all across your generation and uh, saw you guys out there crushing it and we had to get you on to talk about uh, your incredible performances. Uh, as always, thanks everyone for watching this episode. If you enjoy this, hit the like button, subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Like I mentioned, next Tuesday, Cam and I will be guests on this show, which will be a first for me. I'm uh, super excited about it, obviously. No, <laughs> it's going to be a different side of things. I definitely like being on this side of talking and you know trying to get the questions going, answering. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. There's, there's going to be you know, 75 episodes of, you know, asking hard questions. Regeneration's going to be in the chat just drilling us with hard questions after mm -hmm. hard questions. And so I'm not looking forward to that personally, but it's going to be a good one. Thanks, as always, for watching this one. And uh, we'll be sure to see you guys on the next episode of Regenerator Live. Thanks, guys. Regeneration, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Rich Our Nation.